is Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we are giving a voice to a very special guest, Kim McIntyre. Welcome to Victim to Victory. Thank you for having me, Tracy, and thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. Well, we are excited to have you. Now, before I hand over the microphone and hear your amazing story, I just want to inform our audience of a little bit um, about what you're all about. And uh, for the last 20 years, Kim McIntyre has taught thousands thousands of people how to crack themselves up and feel like happy dancing. Isn't that amazing? And doesn't the world need that more than ever? And she helps people to reclaim joy and savour the sweetness of life. That is amazing. I can't wait to get into this interview, even if they've been through unexpected tough times that have knocked the wind out of their sails. Kim McIntyre. Who are you and where does your story start? Thank you. Thank you for that lovely intro, Tracy. Um, well, it started, if you go way back, I was a very, very painfully shy child, like so shy and so quiet. And I felt I didn't quite fit in to the world around me. And um, there are actually three little key events that have happened in my life that helped me move out of that invisibility to be seen and heard and to feel like I could actually make a difference in the world. And so if you go way back when I was 12, I got bit by the theater bug. I had this small little part in a school play and I made you know all of my fellow classmates in the auditorium laugh several times. And then there was this little moment at the end where I come out when there's during applause and I had a standing ovation and I was like, oh, I'm hooked, you know, I'm hooked. And it turned out to be a very therapeutic journey for me because it got me to express myself more and be out in the world more. And uh, it was a very, very wonderful journey over the next couple of decades after that. And then fast forward to my early 20s, I got into this relationship with a young man who was addicted to alcohol and cocaine and was very verbally abusive to me. And I tried to leave several times and he kept pulling me back saying, no, you have to stay. You have to help me. I'll die without you. Right. And so he would hook me back in with that. And then my temp agency at the time sent me to answer phones in the wing of a rehab hospital where, I mean, it like that didn't feel like an accident to me, right? And so mm -hmm. all around me is all of this information for family members of people or friends and people of who are addicted. And so I was like, just soaking in all this information while I was waiting to answer the phones and a light bulb went off over my head, reading the material going, oh, number one, he was on self-destruct long before I came along. You know, it's not really my responsibility to save his life. And number two, if I am allowing him to treat me the way he's treating me, then something needs to be looked at inside of me, you know, and mm -hmm. that became this 
jumping off point for a deep dive into self-development and reclaiming myself and rediscovering who I really am in the world, you know? That so was that like was the universe fun. sending you a sign, right? That's the universe exactly. saying, hey, you got to read this. You got to got to take a look at what's going on. That's amazing. Exactly. I mean, of all the places they could have sent me to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And it was, just like, it was just there for a couple of days, but it was like eye-opening, you know. And then, um, then, you know, fast forward another 12 years or so or 14 years to my late 30s. I was faced with a health challenge at the time. I didn't know, you know, was it cancer? Was it not? It turned out to be benign, but I was still told I needed very aggressive surgery because it had been growing so fast. It was this growth in my mouth. And um, after the initial surgery, I just like, since it's not life-threatening, I'm just going to hit the pause button here for a moment, get some second, third, fourth opinions. And while it was, we were doing that and my husband was doing all kinds of great research for me, I went to this mind-body healing program where we did all this wonderful, cool stuff. And one of the things we did every day was therapeutic laughter and play. And that was like, oh my God, it was like in the stress of life that had led up to all of that, I felt like I was rediscovering who I really am like that playful part that I'd felt back in theater years and years before and it was like rediscovering that reclaiming that and feeling like in the middle of all that stress I was laughing I was playing I was having fun and I was like oh you know and then that my time at that program ended and um I was like where's my laughter today (laughs) where's my play today and I found this Thing. I saw this ad in a couple months after that to become a certified laughter leader. And I'm like, oh, I have to do that. And from then on, I've been teaching what I learned to other people so that they can reclaim their laughter, reclaim their joy, no matter what's going on in life, because we all have challenges. We all have hard things. And so to be able to have that humor, that laughter, it can be life enhancing in the middle of all of it and very stress relieving as well. Yeah. I totally agree. Now, I didn't even know that there there was a certification for for laughter. Um, so that really amazed me when we were talking before the show. And I just find it so necessary because we do hear that phrase, laughter is the best medicine. So when we stop and think, when was the last time I actually belly laughed and had a sore jaw and the tears rolled out of my eyes and you were on the floor and you couldn't stop or you got the giggles when you looked at someone if most people that are busy doing just think back and think when was I last like that when was I just so happy and elated that I just laughed and especially these days, we need to laugh. So I'm so glad that there's people like you in the world that teach us to really reclaim that, like you said, and just really, um, you know, express ourselves like that as well. So when you talk about laughter, what, what kind of things? Tell us a bit about that. Well, a lot of what happens is people, like you say, get completely absorbed in the to-do list, in the shoulds, in the pressures, in the worries, right? And they even forget that it's an option 
So it's really being proactive to find out what makes you laugh, you know, and to be aware of that. And if you're aware of the types of things that make you laugh, you can seek that out, you know, because a lot of people do, what do they do? They self-medicate with, I don't know, a pie device cream or, you know, scrolling Netflix. Well, there's also on Netflix, lots of stand-up comedians. There's lots of, you know, shows that you can watch that would make you laugh rather than, you know, tie you up in knots you know, in suspense. And I'm not saying don't ever do those, but I'm saying you have the choice, you know, it is your choice to find that and to know who in your life makes you laugh, right? And pick up the phone and call them because laughter naturally flows out of conversation with people that are, you know, lighthearted. Um, like my best friend, I just, you know, I pick up the phone and even if we're talking about something very serious, at some point we will burst out laughing in the middle of it because we can find the humor in a situation. So it's really knowing yourself and knowing what that is for you. And, and that's part of what I help people do is that rediscovery process. Like, what is it for me? Or what is joy for me? If I ask you, you know, what is you bring, what brings you joy? Often people are like, uh, I really don't know. So it's a process of rediscovery. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up as well, because I know like um, in a coaching space, you say, so what actually makes you happy? And people go, ah, but if you say what makes you unhappy, they can rattle off 20 things, boom, (laughs) boom, boom. Yeah. So what makes you happy? And they have to stop and think. And that surprises me. That really has always surprised me. And I love a good laugh. I really do. And, um, uh, you know, whatever I can do to make somebody laugh, even at my own expense, um, (laughs) I think is, you know, um, amazing. And and laughing at ourselves um, as well. So when we talk about laughter, when we talk about joy, a lot of people can laugh when they're anxious, I'm guessing as well, as a response. So what would you say around um, laughter and responses? Have you got any insights into that? Um, well, well, first I would like to, to respond to something you said a little bit earlier. Our brains are kind of hardwired from our ancestors to see what's wrong to see what's not working because that helped you avoid getting eaten by a saber tooth tiger or something, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. So it's like, we almost have to do the opposite of that consciously choosing that knowing our brains are wired that way. We need to make a proactive choice to do the other, you know, to seek the other out. And yeah, I mean, nervous laughter is a type of laughter that happens. um, And it's almost unconscious, for some people, it's like, oh, you know, and they'll just laugh. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a different type of laughter when you're really having a full out laugh. Like, and it usually comes out of the moment, but you can also seek it out. And I tell you, even if you're just smiling and you're not a full out laugh, that is aiming you in the right direction and that can lift your spirits. It actually does something to your body to laugh as opposed to being tense. You know, you have the stress hormones running through your body. You laugh, it shifts the chemicals in your body to, and you can feel it. You can feel it. You know, when somebody makes you laugh, you might be feeling really terrible and out of the blue, somebody comes and makes you laugh. And like that 
you feel different. You feel better. You feel uplifted. That's the magic of it. Yeah. And you know what? That reminds me, um, and I only seen this a few days ago, there is a clip and there is a man with his headphones on and he's in like a subway train and it's packed full of people and obviously everyone's, you know, minding their own business. They're in their phones and he's got an iPad, he's got his headphones in and he's got the most amazing laugh and it was actually a social experiment and then the whole carriage of the train was laughing and I thought yes. what a wonderful it's called the it's called like the laugh campaign or it's, it's called something and I just yes. thought how much can that change your day how much yes. you know you get on the train you're upset that you're going you know you've had a bad day at work you're sitting there with your briefcase you've got your head in your phone and then when you get off the train those stresses are just gone and you're just happy you're just stress-free and I thought what a wonderful clip that I came across and I knew you were coming up for an interview and I thought Mm -hmm. I must mention this and there's a lot of people that go around and just do that uh, for social experiments as well. And I thought that was just absolutely amazing, especially all the negativity in the world. Um, yes. And especially on public transport, we need a bit of laughter, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw one just like that, uh, but it must have been, uh, they must have done more than one then because the one I saw there, everybody was waiting at a bus stop for the bus to arrive. And some person starts laughing and then they all just, it just spreads because laughter is contagious. It's just this magical thing that we just pick up. And it's actually been shown by science. I read an article about this recently, that something happens in your brain. Like they studied people in an MR, MR, I don't know. I don't know what the name of that machine is. MRI machine. (laughs) Yeah. They, they looked and there's something that happens in your brain that prepares you to smile and laugh and respond the moment you hear it. So mm. something in us wants to laugh. You can feel that, right? It's that an energy. It's an energy. Yeah. It's a vibration. Yeah. It's a, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, what are you doing um, in this space to help other people more than that now? Right. Well, so right now, last year and a half or so, I I was doing it a lot more in person, right? And so I've looked at how do we do this online? How do I shift this online? So I've opened an online school. I have some programs, both interactive on Zoom and some that are like little mini programs that people can, you know, download and do on their own, right? And then I'm just looking at, you know, getting back out there as a speaker again and looking at how do I do that? Is is hybrid on Zoom or in person or whatever? Because things are opening up more where I am. And so it is something people need so much right now. So mm-hmm. I'm just looking at what are the different ways? You know, you got to be flexible when a big challenge happens, like global pandemic, you got to look at how do we keep going and, and do it in a way that still is out there for people and helps people. And so that's, that's what's been going on for me <laughs> the last oh, year and a half, that, two years. Yeah, that is amazing, because the world needs laughter. The world needs empowers. The world needs ripple effects of showing what is possible within the world. The world needs people like you, Kim, that are making people happy, forgetting their worries just for that split moment or for something to change someone's mood. 
And that is helping communities. That's helping families reconnect. And I think it's an amazing space to be in. And um, what what kind of message would you like to leave our audience on today as well? Just that it's not frivolous. You know, that it's when you are more relaxed from laughing or from enjoying something, it's not that you're avoiding your worries and your problems. Actually, this creative solutions then have space to come in and ideas and things you might not have considered can come and you go, oh, and that just because you're relaxed and you're a little bit happy and you're enjoying your life, that creates space for that to come in. And if you need to, give yourself permission to do it, you know, to say, you know what, I give myself permission to enjoy my life, because sometimes people feel guilty, you know, and it's like, why feel guilty? There's nothing to feel guilty about. You are born in this world. You deserve enjoyment. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to have joy just by being alive. And so to give yourself that permission to enjoy this gift of life more that is so, so important. And that is the essence of what you want in right life, right? You chase after all these things that you think you want that are going to make you happy. You could choose to seek out the happiness now and not have to wait for everything to be perfect or exactly the way you want it to be. A yeah. powerful statement. You deserve to have joy in your life. Thank you so much uh, for being brave to share that part of your story as well. And I love how it's actually tied into hope and it's tied into joy. And we'll be sharing where to connect with you, Kim, as well. You are so appreciated. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and our Facebook group. So please subscribe, share and comment to help be the change and laugh (laughs) that the world (laughs) needs. And let me leave you with a message of figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Thanks, Kim. Thank you.